Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. I want you to imagine a situation with me today, okay? Imagine that you have decided to go on a diet. Imagine that you've decided to go on a diet, and it starts right now, and tomorrow you're just going to eat whatever you want. Sounds like a good diet. Do you think that's going to work? Probably not, okay. I, I, want to ima- I want you to imagine, all right, imagine with me that you're tight on cash. <laughs> Everyone there with me? Okay. I want you to imagine that until so you sit down and you do a budget. And it's a strict budget. You've got it, you've got it. You're imagining doing a strict budget. But then this week, you're just going to go out and spend whatever money you want, however you want, wherever you want, okay? Does that sound good? Is that going to work? Okay, okay. Imagine with me that on this strict budget, you have gone out and you have bought yourself a brand new tractor. Can I get some amens? Come on. Come on. Does, are you kidding me? No one here wants a tractor? Come on. Imagine with me that you've gone out and you've got yourself a new tractor. And you've got this big pile of dirt in your yard and you're going to move it. And so what you do is you go and you go get a bucket and a shovel and you, put, and you shovel it into a little bucket and you carry it over to where it's going to be moved to. Does that make sense? Are, are you all confused so far? I want you to imagine with me that you go on a trip to Great Britain and you decide that you're going to drive on the right side of the road. <laughs> imagine with me that you have just gotten married. but you're still going to go on dates with other people. Is that going well? Is any of this working? Does any of this make sense? No, of course it doesn't make any sense, and yet, in certain areas of our lives, that is exactly what we do. Some of us have done that with our budgets. Some of us have done that with our diets. Some of us are currently doing that with our diets. I don't need an amen, but you know who you are. And we do that with our faith. Y'all knew where I was going with this. Where we make this decision that we want to live a certain way, that we want to surrender our lives to Christ... And we say it, and we make the decision, 
But then when it comes right down to it, we want to follow Jesus, but at the same time, we want to be able to do whatever it is that we want to do with our money. Or we want to be able to do whatever it is we want to do with our relationships. We want to have whatever relationship, however we want it, whenever we want it. We want this Jesus thing in our lives. We want, but we want to pick and choose who we get to forgive. We want, to, we want to pick and choose how we spend our time in the direction of our lives. This is what it says in Colossians. You've all got it. Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now we've talked about, I've given you these illustrations and examples, but I want, uh, let, let's take a little, bit, a, a little bit different. Imagine that you have been given the diagnosis that you are unable to eat things with gluten. Some of you here have that diagnosis or know somebody that has that. And this person, they go through their life and they're trying to cut out the gluten, but then they decide, you know what, I'm going to have this slice of bread or I'm going to only have gluten one day a week. Is that going to work? That still has the same effect as if you're eating it all the time. Imagine that you have been given the diagnosis that you are allergic to shellfish. So you only have lobster once a month. Is that going to work? That's going to do an incredible amount of damage. It's not that you have, because you're not allowed to eat shellfish all the time, it's that you're not allowed to eat it at all because it's going to kill you. You can't have it both ways. You can't cut it out and have it. You can't live this way and this way at the same time. You can't have it both ways. And Paul is saying, listen, you have died already. You have died to the old way. You have died to the old life. If you want to live with Christ, then you cannot live for yourself. You cannot live both ways. This is what he goes on to say. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self 
which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Sometimes we read the Bible, and it takes a little while to figure out what it's saying and figure out what it means. And other times we read the Bible, and there's just no way around it. This is one of those passages, folks. We all in this room are faced today with the reality that you, we cannot live two separate lives. And if you are here today and you have made that decision to follow Jesus, to let Him be the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one that you follow, the one that you submit to, the one that gets to determine who you are and where you go and what you will do for eternity, if you have submitted to Him, then that means that the old life has to die so you can live this new life. It actually means to have a new life, the old life has to die. You can't have it both ways. You can't be married and go on dates with other people. You can't go to another country and still obey the laws of your present country, of your old country. You can't go on a diet and then still eat like you're not on a diet. You can't follow Christ and then live like you used to live without Christ. That old life has to die. The old life. The old life of addiction. Getting drunk. Looking at porn online. Having sex outside of marriage. Feeding your greed. Looking to the gods of politics and finance as a solution to the problems of the world. The way of rage and slander and gossip and filthy language 
and lying and impatience and covetous. These things have to die. These things cannot be part of our lives any longer. Because if you want the life of Christ, then you have to have the life of Christ and not the old life. To have the new life means the old life has to die. It means that we need to put off all those things and we need to put on compassion and kindness. We need to take risks for strangers. We need to forgive. We need to sacrifice for others. We need to love each other. We need to put Jesus first. I know that's hard. Because just like, just like going to another country and having to follow the rules there, we are all very used to our old lives, aren't we? We are, already, we are very used to and comfortable doing things the way that we have always done them. And it's hard to break those habits. And it's hard to do something different when everybody else around you is still doing it the old way. It's hard to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be part of that. When everybody else around you, especially in your family or your friends or your work or your social circles, are all doing it one way and you're saying, no, I am not going to do that anymore. That is hard to do that. People, people get offended by it. People get hurt by it. They think that you're trying to be better than, than them, whatever it is. And there's all that pressure and there are all the lies of the enemy. But the truth of the matter is that if you want to have new life, the old life has to die. If you want to be resurrected with Jesus and have the new life of Christ, you have to die first because you can't be resurrected unless you've died. And let's be honest. The old life does not bring about a whole lot that's good. It fills us with hate and bitterness and division, harm, emptiness, and disappointment. But the new life of Christ produces hope and forgiveness and unity and healing and purpose and fulfillment. You can't live both ways, folks. So this is what we need to do. Now I know, I know most of us here wouldn't be able to relate with everything on that list. I get that. I get that. Absolutely. And there are probably things that I haven't mentioned here, but the Lord has been stirring in your hearts, convicting your hearts about already before this message and during this message that you know it is something in your life that should not be there, that it is something from your old life that still exists in your new life. And God has been whispering, sometimes yelling at you, saying, you need to get rid of that, that needs to die, you need to stop that, you need to surrender that, you need to sacrifice that, you need to change that. 
Well, today is the day that that needs to die, folks. You've got to surrender that. You've got to grab that thing. Don't let it be just this kind of idea that's floating. You know, you know how sometimes you have ideas that you just kind of let float in the back of your head and you never actually call it out? You never grab it. You never say, no, I am legitimately struggling with lust. No, I am legitimately struggling with unforgiveness. No, I am legitimately struggling with greed and selfishness and hate towards these people. Whatever it is, we have those thoughts, we have those feelings, and we never grab them. You know what I'm talking about? Today is the day that you've got to grab that thing. You've got to call it what it is. And you've got to give it over to Christ. And some of you here have just started following Christ, and some of you here have been following Him for decades. I would say that probably everyone in this room is in the same boat where there is something that God is calling us to give up, to surrender, to kill. And if you want that new life, these old things have to die. And so what we've got to do is we've got to call it out. We've got to confess it to Christ. And we've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.